Welcome to Read the Room. Uh, I am here with my guy, uh, Greg. <laughs> Greg Law. <laughs> Damn. We're laughing because it's taken a minute to get this to get this together. Yes. Uh, how you been? We're not gonna do the fake handshake like we ain't been sitting there for. We're gonna hang on hours. Yeah. We're not gonna do oh, the I fake. Should, I shouldn't be blasting too loud. No, blast, blast it out uh, there. But we gotta make sure that we don't bust eardrums yeah. throughout the recording. Ah, we'll be all right. I think they're okay. What's going on? How you been? Not bad, not bad. Yeah. Um, working, Settling in. moving and shaking. Actually, uh, feeling happy for the holiday season coming to Rowan. You know, it's you happy it's for a, the holiday season? Yeah, yeah, it's good times. Uh, pretty much, it's um, trying to actually keep uh, experiencing new things, traveling, uh, Ugh. Sound learning. Like, sound like a <laughs> a dating it's, profile it's, or some it's shit. It's just mainly just <laughs> just living life as opposed to being a workaholic over these past. Over this past decade of my life, actually, yeah. I've been kind of unplugged from the general public over the past year and a half, pretty much get my life back together and just finally taking the time to actually like focus on me. What do you mean? Uh, um, what do you mean <clears throat> unplugged? Um, used to be heavy, heavy into the D.C. scene. A lot of people actually know that pretty much I was doing a lot of media work, uh, a lot of videography, a lot of photography, uh, a lot of uh, media support through a previous business that I actually helped support. Okay. But at the same time, throughout the actual DC nightlife, more or less. Ah, and, um, that's I was gonna ask you we about were, that. We were. Hold on, before you get to it, <laughs> I was gonna ask you about that, because we, truth be told, we work together. Yeah. So we work yeah. in the same office, yeah. and uh, um, you know, just hanging out with you at work. Yeah. You know, just talking about what we did beforehand. Yeah. You know, you were at the. We've both been in government work for a while. Yeah. And um, it's it's it can be somewhat lonely dealing with yes. the everyday hustle and bustle and the quote unquote politics of work. True. You know, of Very government true. work. And um, it's cool to meet somebody that's somewhat like you, but also just out there grinding. Yeah. Outside of of work. So let's go back to. Um, the before that, because you're from Virginia, you're from this area. Yes, yep. right. Born and raised in the DMV area. Yeah, yeah. Polis. Yep. Right outside out. of outside of DC or further right, out. Right outside of DC, Manassas, Virginia, straight. Yeah. From the original, always. Much, but at the same time, it's still like, but family all nested okay. throughout the entire DMV area, every corridor yeah. of the DMV area. It's like yeah. a huge family, a huge family, yeah, and friends and extended and extended acquaintances and yeah. loved ones who actually have we befriended and became family throughout the course of the years. So it's like, yeah, we actually was we, me and my sister and a lot of my cousins were actually children that were kind of like almost raised by the village, right? So pretty much our family transcends beyond just like your immediate area where you grew up from. So it's like it's right. a huge plethora of people. So it's yeah. Been a blessing, but I tell you, we've been grinding throughout the process, just keeping ourselves like above sea level and keeping ourselves out of trouble. But yeah. at the same time, we're like workaholics. We're work. We're grinders. Yeah, you gotta be. You have to the be. Um, who was the one that in that big family? Because you can't be. Um, you know how every family has that black sheep. Yeah. You can't. It's hard to be the black sheep when you're in a huge family because. You have a lot more people telling you, you the black sheep. You, you, yep. yo, 
Get your shit. Get it together. Yep. You yep. got a lot more people. I could have been the black sheep. Very much so. We had like, we had a few black sheep, yep. but my family was very small. We had um, all of us were in. Uh, well, of course, we're from Texas. It wasn't a whole. It was too hot, so we didn't have. A, we didn't want to be around yeah. too many people anyway. And um, we would always do. Uh, it was just four of us, mm. like church fan family. Oh, it most like, definitely relate. Yeah, but <laughs> to the core. For you, it was, you know, how many brothers and sisters, though? Uh, one sister. Uh, okay. Tamika, my, my <coughs> but the rest only cousins. Only sister and cousins. Yeah, yeah. A lot of my cousins, actually, my older cousins became more of my, my inspiration, more or less, because they actually helped me kind of, to kind of curve me into the creative direction and what I'm into now. So my, uh, my cousin Herbie, actually, he's like my brother to the core. Uh, Herbie... Uh, yeah, what does he do? He actually does uh, ho- he does house remodeling. Oh. He actually does construction, but at the same time, he he actually was an artist. Also, he draws. I thought you were gonna say artwork and everything. So I thought you were gonna like, say barber because uh, we're gonna he, get to he, that he too. Probably cut heads too. Yeah. You know, he probably do some haircutting. We're gonna his probably get to actually, that too. His mom actually owns her own business. She does hair salon and stuff like that. Okay. So they had family cuts to yeah. the, to the fullest. But that was your family business. But that though. was that was a, a couple family businesses. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. but mainly creative wise, my brother Grego, uh, pretty much he. Pretty much kept the comedy going. We did. We grew up doing comedy. We grew yeah, up yeah. doing crazy skits in D.C. around the area. Just yeah, you told yeah you told me about stuff. that. Yeah, um, yeah, but pretty much a lot of additional family members, a lot of folks who actually like inspired me. At the same time, it really was a lot of different people that helped to like build me up into what I am today. But yeah. it was uh, a lot of positive inspiration that kept us out of trouble where we could have yeah ran into and. But you also had bigger cousins. You have bigger cousins to watch after you and and point you in the right direction. Yep. Instead of trendsetters. Yeah. Instead of going to like maybe the, some of the neighborhood gangsters and being like, "Come on this way, young brother." Oh yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Sell this. You yep. know. We had rock, well, we had families that did that. We had family members that did that of too. Course, of course. Of course. Normal upbringing, especially in a suburban slash urban yeah, society yeah. type suburban slash place. urban yeah it was a mix suburban. of both suburban it was it, it was suburbery and at the same time i'll tell yeah. you one thing it actually had a lot of country grind hustling going of course on so it was a huge hodgepodge of like a various yeah like influences that actually yeah. kind of like conglomerated us i mean in this area to kind of yeah. built the inspiration of what we kind of embarked upon but yeah it was it was a it was an interesting upbringing it yeah. was really cool but it was fun did anybody we kept the fun going did anybody, um, did anybody, I, I guess, did, is that where all the social aspect comes? Because you, at work, you're social. You're the social guy yes, yes. at work. I'm like the, does, is everybody all right? Does everybody feel <laughs> safe? Okay, good. Do I have to talk to anybody? Yeah. No? Good. Yeah. But, of course, you know that flips, but you're, you hold court at work. Yeah. You're the, you know, you're the, go- but you're, you're also kind of the go-to guy when anything that has to do with uh, customer relations mm-hmm. or anything that's like, great, go get them. Yeah. Go get them in and show them the way. That you're, that's your. That's instilled naturally. Yeah. At this point. Just from being with all that family, been, you think? Family, but at the same time, I actually have to tip my hat off first and foremost to my dad. Okay. And my mom. Um, why, they why both they? were extremely like driven souls, yeah, but yeah. also they were like full fledged socialites. Like they actually, yeah. they were the type of people that never met a stranger in their life. Right. They will actually break out a conversation with you. They don't care what 
from where you come from, That's what annoying. walk of life you come from, pretty much they actually will talk with you and actually yeah. have like a real sit down powwow discussion with you. That's annoying. It's it's it That's can annoying, be annoying when you're a kid. It, it, it's annoying. Yeah, because my mom would do you that. Gotta follow that. Because you <laughs> gotta follow it. Well, it's always like yeah. uh, you're stuck in. The I, I'm talking to I'm talking to sister uh, sister daddy right now. Yep. Go on and keep playing. Keep playing. And you'll be there for. My mom has said good night seven times to somebody before. Oh yeah. We'll go to their house. We'll have dinner and say, "Oh, well, they'll sit in the living room and talk yep. while me and their kids go play in the house." Oh yeah. And then we either get in trouble. Yep. That you you almost have to get in trouble to get kicked out. Oh, you have to. Because otherwise, you're gonna be there playing, and then they're gonna be talking in the living room. Yep. And they yep. go, all right, y'all, we're going to leave now. Come on, kids. Yeah. And then they're going to get to the front door. They're going to start another conversation. Yep. Well, they're going to get could. outside to the car. They're going to start another conversation. It's inevitable. It's like, <laughs> yo. It is. And I, I, we had it what? worse because my family actually built the church. Oh, uh, no. We were actually we, yeah, we raised Baptists. Y'all were the building had a Southern Baptist built in that we yeah. had most definitely every actual function we mm. were a part of. My parents made sure we were there front and center. Mm. Uh, we were actually involved in it heavily from the beginning to end, from Ooh. sun up to sundown. Where the, I'm talking not just on Sundays, but every other day. So you said your parents are just a big influence on you. Yeah. Yeah. What about um, aunts, uncles? Who was your, do you have like a favorite? Uncle never had favorites because mainly wow. I, I loved all of them. They all actually like bought a different <laughs> I uniqueness did. to my. They all brought okay. My life. They know? all brought I, their I own. Mean, that, that, I literally would frequent you know with them. I actually most definitely would see them a lot. So I, yeah, as much as I could. But it got to a point. But growing up, mm -hmm. we would actually be with our cousins. So I one aunt would take care of us one yeah. week. Another aunt would take uncle would take care of us the next week. So we kind of like yeah. were able to see a lot of our aunts. We were. And our uncles, we were blessed to be yeah. able to do that because a lot of people can't see all their family no. that close. That's actually cool yeah. because but you we come from big family too, so that that helps out. Yeah, I mean, we mom had, had thirteen. Right, mom's mom had thirteen kids, and dad had a decent amount too. But I'm like, yeah, it's, that's it's cool because that's cool because you didn't have like we would have uh, one or two uncles or aunts where we go. We can't go to their house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you have all, like you liked all of your aunts and uncles. I wonder what that, what I wonder what makes a good aunt, a good uncle. I mean, Is it, they all had flaws and dilemmas. Of course, they but had, you know pros and cons about their, you know, their upbringings and but when you're kid, when you're a kid, up, but when you're a kid, like, like what what's the thing that makes? I I always thought it was fun. Yeah. So I had my mom's side was always the ones that weren't as fun. Except for the uh, the drug addict uh, aunt and uncle. Yeah. Those were the only two on my mom's side. Yeah. And my dad's side, all of them were crazy. So they were all, <laughs> my, my dad's side was always more fun than my mom's side. Oh, I, I can thought. see that. Until yeah. I got older and I was like, I want to hang with one of my aunts mm -hmm. and, and the rest of them, the rest of them didn't want to hang anyway. Yeah. But not really. I mean, they were okay, but they weren't, you know. I got one aunt that yeah, lives in. But, I mean, the thing is, it gets to a point where I think it's, I think it's one's based off demographics. Two is based off how close-knit the actual family structure is. Yeah. That makes a huge difference on how a, ch a child, like a nephew or even a, chi a child of that immediate family. Yeah. 
perceives their family, their yeah. their larger family, mm-hmm. on who they choose to deal with, who they choose to actually be influenced by, right. who they want to visit the most. Right. It plays a big part on them. But if Pro- proximity, I mean, if, if you think proximity too? wise, yeah, yeah, like proximity wise, but at the same time also the consistency that relationship and how consistent it maintains yeah. itself between partner people in the in the family. If that actual like that vibe is mm-hmm. not there. Then it's gonna. It's most definitely gonna. It's gonna permeate into the fa- the kids. They're gonna look at it like, okay, if they're not connected, now I ain't gonna be connected with them. Right. I don't want to spend no time with them. Yeah. But it gets to the point where if you actually are seeing them day in day out. Plus, we were a little different also because we went to school. I mean, from mm-hmm. elementary school to middle school to high school with all our cousins. Yeah, so yeah. Everybody saw everybody every day. See, that's what I and wish everybody I Everybody knew what time it was, and when, but the bad part when yeah. you got in trouble, everybody knew about when you got in trouble too. Yeah, that's what I wish I had. Yeah, it was a real. little bit of backup. Yeah. When I was in school. Oh yeah, we had no fights. We never got yeah. jumped. We never got any of that mess. Yeah, I wasn't because tr- there was too many of us and everybody yeah. know each other. It wasn't. So I, it, no. I wasn't like a gangster. I wasn't a troublemaker, but. Yeah. I still wish sometimes I was like, man, I wish I had a bigger cousin to call on. <laughs> yeah. Because I remember those dudes that would always have somebody to be like, yo, don't mess with me. Yep. But I'm going to call and tell my big cousin. Oh, yeah, you. man. We'd actually Like, that's not a, a way to guys. live. That's not a, it's you not, know. It's, it, to live in That's not manly. Up, yeah. Like, I'm going to call my down. big cousin on you. Shut up. <laughs> you <laughs> no. fight. <laughs> no, I think it's. I think also it was, a, it was a flip side to us because we befriended people yeah. who actually were those folks who were, were going through the pains and the peer pressure and this, that, and the other. Yeah, and they rolled with we, y'all. They rolled y'all us. The, yeah. yeah, we made mm-hmm. sure that nothing happened to them. But it got to a yeah. point where we really didn't have a lot of issues going on in school as opposed to like a lot all of social. Type of stuff. But we were social like a mug. Yeah. We were the ones having the house parties. Right. We were the ones doing the school cafeteria oh, parties. We were the day. ones after school. Yeah, we were doing all the parties, <laughs> all the roller skate jams. We were the ones running it because mm-hmm. my uncles and them, they DJed. Hmm. Uh, my actual other uncles had cabarets. Um, we all just knew about the party scene. And it kind of mm-hmm. like matriculated into us. And as we actually lived our lives later on, Karaoke parties, club parties, yeah. nightlife, DJing, all that kind of coincide. Artwork, all the creative aspects we really like just immersed ourselves upon. And it just it just kept transpiring into what you see today. When did you watch uh, House Party? When? I can't remember what day. You don't remember? I mean, no, like year, how? Do you remember like the what, what I age? I remember when we saw the close. theater. Yeah. yeah we you saw it like, at the theater? We saw the theater. What? Yeah, See, I would have. That was real deal. Yeah. Hands down. My parents would have never let yes. me watch that in the theater. At the theater. It was rocking. We actually Hell no. full nine yards doing the kid and play kick step to this, everything. Kid and play is a son. But public enemy number yes. one. Yes. We watched that shit actually, at home. My cousin actually won top high top fade. Oh, really? Time. We actually had my high top fade. Was he, he light skin? Like, uh, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, why that's, that's why he won. That's why he won. He ain't on top. 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 He's the only light skinned nigga there. Oh my gosh, man, it was insane. He didn't win because of his hair. But it was. Uh, it was real. <laughs> flavor, but flavor is the sun. How many times did y'all with that big family? See, I watched House Party oh, yeah. at home with my parents. Okay. Really? Yes. Damn. So we waited, or they waited. They didn't want to let us watch. Because we were a little younger. I forgot. I'm a little younger than we, you, too. Yeah, I think you're we two were, years older than me, right? Yeah. One or two still, years? Still, the fact is, I'm, it's I'm close. 44, we still killed it. Yeah, we yeah. Still actually was up in there but y'all could go. House Party 1, 2, and 3 we saw at the theater. Y'all saw yeah, House we Party? Yeah, we were actually chilling. Yeah, we were there. You saw House Party 3? Yeah, we saw 3. Was that the one with Bernie Mac? That was uh, Bernie and uh, Immature was up in it. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> immature. Day, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I went way back. Immature. Yeah. Marcus that Houston. Was it. That Shout was out Marcus one. Houston. Hands down. <laughs> Hands down. That's, mm. That was the trendsetters. Back I forgot then. about the immature. Next one's coming up. I forgot about immature. Next one's coming up. There's another house party coming out. No, not now. What do you mean next one? They were the next ones coming up in the whole oh, yeah. like trend setting scene because Immature was like trying to like really get up in the mix. Yeah, trying to like raise the torch, but they just never carried as strong as because they sucked. Party did, and they yeah, yeah. But <laughs> but there was I don't a lot know of why they there was a lot of competition back then though. Was you it? had a lot of groups. You had it was a lot, a lot of, people, of little boy groups. Of Boy groups, another bad boy creation. Bands. Yep. Another bad creation. BBC and BBD's full set. No, they all had a that, beef. Another bad creation had a beef yep. with Crisscross. I remember they were yep. trying to make the yo, we wore our clothes backwards first. Back first and hands down, Chris yeah. Cross came and marked Really red. Deal. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I'm Rojo coming in third. Yeah, Now's clean. about that time and I get served. <laughs> Worth <laughs> It was real. That was real. But it kept, but it, the thing is, it was a lot of It was the girl there. that I never had. True. See, they sang. But you know the wild part is, the I, immature I sing? What did immature sing? Oh, man. I forgot which ones they had. They I don't had, even know what song they sang. And that's bad. That shows how they lost the torch. Another Bad Creation had three songs yep. that you remember. The Playground, yep. Yep. Aisha, Aisha, and uh, A Jealous Girl. A Jealous Girl was actually pretty good, too. Yeah. But you they know had the funny thing is, I had the whole I album. think ABC, another bad creation, paved the way for Boys to Men to come on board. They were already there, they though. Were, ABC was already there before Boys to Men. They came, did they? Yes, ABC actually released by Bell, I by feel Michael like it was Bivens first. The same time before it, Boys to Men came in at the at the second song when ABC came out. That's right. when they started etching Boys to Men at the playground. Yep. Because Aisha yep. was the first song. Aisha was the first and song. And then at the playground. Boys you know? they, they, they didn't want to let him go. He didn't want to release Boys to Men yet. <laughs> no, he didn't. They, because they were, work, they were grown up. They were grown up, but at the same yep. time, one, they Boys were supposed to be men. like the next wave. They because were. you got to remember, back in the day before they came in, you had Silk. See, that's you how they the diversified. No, and Silk like, wasn't it, around it, yet. And they weren't, no, Silk wasn't around yet. Were. No, <laughs> it was, bo- I think it was Boys to Men uh, first. Boys to Men. Boys to, but think about all, because all the boys. Because he bands diversified. After that. But, but that, Michael Bivens diverse. He, he had a whole group. But they had they had they Boys to Men were the clean ones. Boys to Men was supposed so to be the, the clean other ones. ones. They tried to play the bad. Style they were super bands. super sexy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what I'm saying. And it got to the point where they failed, and that's yeah. when Jodeci had to come and like kill. Jod- what Jodeci was, Jody was Jodeci was a little bit different. Jodeci was New Jack Swing, and it Jodeci was, was also Jodeci was also. Uh, Puff Daddy's thing. It was. So it was it between. Was. So it that was. was, it was a lot of different little, yep. it was uh, boy band yep. uh, uh, beefs. It was also b- young black mogul beefs. Yes, they were. Because were a lot of them. Uh, it was Sean Puffy Combs mm-hmm. and Jermaine Dupri yep. and uh, Michael Bivens. Yes, he did. And Michael Bivens had Boys to Men, Another Bad Creation, mm-hmm. BBD. BBD. And some white dude that they said was coming out, but never, never did. Yeah. They never. It was a white group, I think. Yeah. It was a little white group. But see, but the thing they is, never came but, out. But, 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 he but, said, yo, but, we got white people true, in our shit. True. But raised, what you but raised got? the bar was the fact that Bivens still was doing production with his original team. His three, his other three, yep. Hands down, Ralph Tresvon. Johnny oh, you're Gill, talking about the whole the team. I'm talking about the production Ronnie, Bobby, value was Ricky, going Mike, on. Ralph. He was helping to support the backing yep. production on all that yep. stuff. So he he was like the crooner. He was. Before all of. Yeah. 
Not well, not the, the corner, but the mogul. He, was, the, he he actually started establishing the mogul, but he wasn't up front with but it. But it like was Puck something was. up because when you talk about when you think about the money, who got the most money? Yeah. It was Puff Daddy and it was Jermaine Dupree. Diddy, you didn't think Diddy, about Diddy Michael Bivens bigger. having like being the money yeah. dude. Diddy was bigger because you didn't one, think about him being the money dude. Actually, was building up, and he actually was it, what what brings credibility to Puff was the fact that he started in Uptown. Uptown Records yeah. with the whole team. Andre Harrell. Andre Harrell. And that, I mean, he, he was, actually put he him under his mentor, wing, yeah. hands yeah. down. Diddy actually like took the torch to the next wave. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he literally like paved the way to actually extend the actual lifetime. Of I what? should say the shelf life of, of like some of the old songs. Yeah, the, old, the, the mm-hmm. teams back in the day. Yep. Mm-hmm. To pave the way for them to come. He through. was a dancer, for Heavy D, though. Mm-hmm. He was yep. one of his dancers. Sure was. So yeah, I. I I came from the same so we upbringing. Came, we came from, I mean, yeah. you want to go back. I mean, I was that was a little bit earlier than you. Dude. I was I was what? growing up in cold chilling. See, that's the thing. I couldn't See, that was the that. dynasty back in the day. That's what people this, don't know. This, this is New York when they used to come down here to D.C. and we used to prop and prep stuff. I mean, that was mm-hmm. – we're talking about Bismarck, Marley Mall's crew, the whole nine, Big Daddy Kane, the whole – we actually grew up See? in that era. And, and the actual – this was the earlier hip-hop yeah. aspects. I, I had came to sneak. on board right when Curtis Blow was finishing up. I had to, I had to sneak. And Public Enemy was, like, rolling in. So my, my, my family was super religious. So yeah. I couldn't listen to a lot of that old stuff yeah. when it was out. Mm-hmm. But I, I had to go back mm-hmm. and listen to it. Yep. And a lot of it I missed. But I see, missed Curtis Blow. The, I missed Now, uh, I'm going to tell you, you missed Cold it. Crush. I missed it. But, but you saw the revamps, actually, that spawned some of from it. that. Yeah, yeah. The like only what? thing that was... Like what? What's a revamp, you think? Some of the revamps, I mean, especially with, like, the, like especially with Public Enemy and stuff. Now, that's that's a different entity. Nobody has actually came close to that's that. What, that's More when I came from around. From a rock perspective, we're talking about Rage Against the Machine and Kings like that. Yeah. Who actually pushed that. Oh, Rage Against Machine. No. Yeah. I like that one. Hands yeah, down. Yeah. I like Rage Against but the Machine. But the fact is, what actually made us so intricate, especially as kids, yeah. is the fact that we were extremely diversified. Yeah, because we came from an actual neighborhood that was extremely like like mixed. It was uh, international vibes. Uh, it had different influences, so we actually would listen to a lot of reggae, a lot of Indian music. A In lot Virginia, of actual, yeah. Like what diverse? Down. Like, oh, uh, Carib- like uh, we actually Caribbean had Persian music, Caribbean music. We hmm. also listened to. But the thing is, mom and my parents actually were in the disco, right? So we also came from the dance scene. Donna Summer. So we actually had the Donna Summer days. Yeah, yeah. We had all of those. I mean, you know, Sister Sledge, all that stuff that came through. Right. We actually were able to like, especially since our uncles were DJs. Yeah. They had to have music from all genres of life. Mm-hmm. It was the biggest blessing because we were able to listen to every single thing. Yeah. But the thing is, what kind of built the actual like platform that kind of made a comfortable zone for me mm-hmm. was house music. And the biggest thing is when when Chicago house actually music. Re- bought up house music <laughs> and be able, was able to kind of build up the actual house scene and blend all the music <laughs> that we love and be able to make a platform to be able to blend that type of music into. So that was a plus. And then Detroit with techno. Why yeah. was house music so? Uh, and where did where did you hear house music? Was there any in house party? Like house what's party the, is actually what was, the first one I heard house music what song? was was. Uh, the first house party music, uh, hype. You're just the type the of propaganda <laughs> in too, the land. It was, a was it that? Of them. And I don't want to tell. Or no, was that was that an early version? I want to say because there was too many of them, and it gets to a point really? where people would be like, my, my folks, especially in the underground house scene, they were like, you know, you heard this one first. You didn't hear that one first. It yeah, was yeah. a variance of house music, songs. of course. But I think the actual the genre was the of melting house. pot of being able to bring 
different music influences into the mix where we weren't just listening to hip hop, just listening to R and B, yeah, yeah, just listening to soulful music and the back, you know, the backbeats of actually what we grew up upon with our families. Yeah, it introduced a whole different world to us. Yeah, and that's why I kind of like became so immersed into it and built such an interest into it. Mm-hmm. It influenced me because it was but such. Yeah. It you didn't have to pick. You didn't maybe. have to pick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we just had the two growing up. I mean, I had, I listened to, I would silently, just like I was silently listening to a lot mm-hmm. of rap music, yeah. especially on the West Coast, oh, of being, in, being in Texas, oh, yeah. I would um, listen to a lot of, there's another one right here. Okay. Okay. When it stops, just hit it again. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, just hit record again. Yeah, yeah, because that up there will keep recording. It'll record the the lag, because it'll it'll do a little lag or whatever. But just hit record again on the at the at the top there. Mm-hmm. <coughs> sure. All right. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I like that. That's a um, <coughs> that's an interesting uh, way to to meld together all of those things. Because I just had the three. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I didn't. I we had to <coughs> we had to watch house party with our hands. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. My mom kind of opened up that we, that yeah. arena when she, we we grew up with horror movies. Yeah, anytime they were kiss, <laughs> so we never really saw we yeah. saw everything. Anytime they were kiss, <laughs> and my parents were yeah. so they were so sheltered. Or they thought we were mm-hmm. like you know this these itty bitty. I can't remember. Yeah. We had to be like ten, eleven. I think what caught, what, what happened with us is the fact that we actually, I think they didn't want to shelter us too much because they knew we were going to be immersed upon it somehow. They, we were going to be exposed. Because of older cousins? Because in this area, older cousins, older cousins, but also living in this area, yeah, you're going to see stuff. Yeah, of course. So it's kind of like they, they wanted to kind of prepare us and, and not like desensitize us, but almost to the point where it's like not make it become such a shock value when it presented itself. Right. It wasn't. I think that was the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah, so I get that. that's the biggest thing. Yeah, but I like. Makes um, sense. I don't know. It's, it was a, it was an awesome upbringing because we had we were open, we were introduced to so many different things at a young age. Right. I mean, I'm carrying crates of records at like age eight, right. nine, especially going to my cousin, my uncle's house over in Maryland, and we're like seeing these parties going on, and he had all these records laid out. My, my uncle Vernon, he used to always have these awesome like. Crab Fest is his backyard. We would be playing hands mm-hmm. down, all kind of stuff up in Silver Spring. Right. But the thing is, to be able to be exposed to that stuff at eight and nine, you didn't know what this music was. You didn't know right. what this experience was. You didn't understand what kept these people dancing and having a good time mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And yeah, it's the normal stuff, having you know good drinks, good food, yeah, the camaraderie and all the fun stuff that goes on with families. But at the same time, it was the vibe. Right. That positive vibe that kept people going from all walks of life. Mm-hmm. People didn't know each other. It could be the next door neighbor. They just moved into the city. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you actually want the same vibe with one another, you can actually just have a good time and be peaceful. Right. Man, it was like just wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. What did you gravitate towards whenever you were at the party? Where where were you? Where could you be found? I was either behind the decks. Uh, very short, Early on? And yeah, early on behind. The, not, not DJing, but mainly just like back sitting there. beside my, uh, my, my uncle, who the DJs are friends and stuff like that were DJing. Mm-hmm. And I was I was shorter, so of course the turntables and everything, like it was a lot closer to my face. Yeah, yeah. But I was actually seeing out towards the crowd. 
Right. I was trying to see how people were actually like communicating with one another, mm-hmm. how people were actually like, were they having a good time? Mm-hmm. I was more along the lines interested in making sure people were enjoying themselves because of course. there were so many other things that went on in life that were wrong and there were a lot of issues, racism, yeah. uh, violence, a lot of stuff, especially the drug scene was actually re- really heavy in the D.C. area and stuff yeah. like that. So number one, wasn't it? But, yeah, Back we then, were number one, Dodge City. <laughs> yeah, number one, <laughs> a lot of shootings, right? a lot of killings, a lot of drug issues. When it was yeah. Chocolate City, it was it number was one. Full deal. Yeah, but it got to a point where I think it was <laughs> just seeing people who usually probably would never talk to one another, like in public or mm-hmm. actually in a restaurant or this, that, and the other. Seeing them come together at mm-hmm. one place and just have a good time and being able to build a relationships with one another mm-hmm. and having that everlasting relationship just be just blended for the rest of their lives. Right. That's a rarity. You don't see that nowadays. Mm-hmm. That's what kept me interested. And I think that's what kind of made me gravitate towards the actual party scene. Right. Because it's the most, it's the only place nowadays that people usually do have a good time. If the music's right and the vibe is right. Right. Everything's fine. But it gets to a point where you, if you bring, you come in and you bring a lot of negative nostalgia into the actual space that's supposed to be set up for comfort yeah. and relaxation and enjoyment. Yeah, you're gonna have a lot of friction. But yeah. most of the time, what? It's you, we, I wanted to make sure that I was a part of a team that was that were purveyors of happiness and relaxation. Okay, so you're you're. You're getting ahead of me. So yeah, sorry. Go ahead. You're because we're we're working. I know you. I see you're working your way to your inevitable uh, foray into the party scene. Yeah. But for me, uh, my my question was always, what is it about this that people? Why do people do this? Because for me, it was always, it was one motivation. Go to the club because that's where the girls are. Yep. Right? And I really was not cut out for that type of just animal. Um, Animalistic the bigger, The bigger one <laughs> and you're the little one. And then, the, the, and then some yeah. dudes, like they were the, the dancing one. Mm-hmm. It's like all these different types of men that are there. It's the it's yeah. the big guy that walks around and kind of looks, and then it's the 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 guy that's real suave and yeah. and real cool. And then there's the guy <clears throat> who was well, asleep yeah, and it's true. at the at one You're of the right. tables. Now that was me. I was asleep <laughs> after about an hour and a half, and I came with a group, yeah. so I didn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. I would go to sleep. Now you know what's interesting, and I was like, "Why? Well, I don't get why this is important. I don't get why we're here every weekend, yep. spending all of our money yep. to pop, pop, not even the same thing. <laughs> possibly <laughs> sleep with some, possibly get some, yeah. but most of the time, not the case. Meanwhile, I would meet women at work all the time. This is when I was in the army. My my adult life. Yeah. When I was in the army, I, I would go out to the club, wouldn't meet a woman. I would meet some. Yeah. I think I took one. I'll tell you that story. I took one home, and um, we didn't – I don't even think we had sex that night. Not at night. Yeah. I took one home from the club. I saw dudes just pull women from the club all the time, and I was like, how do you do that? What's yeah. the thing to do that? 
but it was it, I feel like it was more so like you said the energy. It was the my energy, energy was like. <laughs> Well, it's, it's, hey, I think it's you, hey, you know why we're here, right? Yeah. You know why I'm here, right? <laughs> She's just there to hang out and be with her friends. Yeah, I'm like, you know where I'm, why I'm here, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I think it's more based off one, based on where you actually were going to clubs at. Oh, of course, uh, the hood different shit. Strokes, but also different. Uh, yeah, nigga. Different areas also. Of course. Um, club scenes are it comes in variances. Yeah. Different different spectrums of clubs. Okay. So you have your hip hop clubs. I break down your, I break you down know, the club scene. Clubs, you got your um because you got your lounges also. The, your supper clubs and things of that nature too. Right. So. The military had one kind of club. It wasn't no <laughs> Yeah, this is yeah. yeah. We didn't they, they the, didn't break the it down. Clubs. What they did was they had one kind of club. Yes. And what they did was so being from Texas, they play Music from Texas, yeah. or they play, yeah, you know, East Coast shit in Texas at sure. the club in Texas. It yeah. was nothing but UGK and uh, the Ghetto Boys, Scarface, um, all of that stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, the Color Change Click with this is when Paul Wall and Chameleon there were a group. Wow. Yeah, it was called the Color that, Change though. Click. Okay. This is before. A chameleon air became days. became a genius out yeah. in Silicon Valley, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Paul Wall started selling teeth and grew out his beard. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's when I was. Yeah. That's when I was coming of age. Man, yeah. we used to listen to Tether Club. We used to listen to Three Six Mafia. Yeah. All that shit. Oh yeah. And then that's when the club went in because they say Tether Club up. And yeah, guess and guess what all these niggas started doing? They tore the club up. They it's <laughs> like, all right, let's get all these people out of here. All right, everybody, two more songs left. It was crazy. Dun, dun, <laughs> dun. <laughs> the and club up. And people were the club like, up. All right. Yeah, please. No. no. <laughs> so there was always that song though yeah. that that let you know like they're about to tear the club up. Yeah. But that era. Late '90s, early 2000s mm-hmm. was Three Six Mafia. After that, Lil John. No, after that was uh, Master P and uh, oh wow, the Hot Back Boys, the days, Hot Boy days. And then uh, later on, it was yeah. Lil John, Crunk music. Yep. And then Lil he would Crunk play. And then South South came South out heavy. But that's the hood came shit. That's the, heavy to the core those are the hood point. clubs. So, yeah. but when I was in the army, there was um, that was called the NCO Club. Right. Yes, we know. They play the NCO club was the variety. variety. It had some hood shit, and then all the hood, all the hood niggas with very bright shirts, bright lime green polo shirts. They come out, hey, Cuddy, that's my song right there, dog. It was in there, and then they would play uh, house music. They would play chaos. Yep. They would play chaos. <laughs> that song, doo, 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 hot. <laughs> I'm messing up the microphone and shit. Hot, hot. <laughs> because that was the perfect segue. That was the perfect into the mix, subway yeah. into into. And it's time for the percolator. <laughs> it's time that? for the. Per- <laughs> it's the perfect segue into it, right? <laughs> but. Because one, y'all are already vibed up. We're already vibing. And you actually want to keep the right? spirits pumping. You want to keep the spirits pumping. And also that, but you know what the wild part is? Yeah. The whole time, there actually is a chemistry behind all of this. Yeah, yeah. And that still is to this day mm-hmm. to get them drinks sold. To get the drinks sold. That's everywhere, though. Dance your ass off, yep. sweat to the core, because mm-hmm. you're going to want to go back to the bar and get a drink after you're done. That's the same thing in comedy, though. 
Same thing. They always want to sell time, drinks. When you're actually working out. Yeah, to yeah. Get it? You're yeah. working for that drink. Yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but overall, but it's pretty fun too. They waited so to play the, the South thing. music. So they yeah. played. They waited to play the South music. They played a lot of slow music. They played kind of new, uh, new jack, yeah. new jack type stuff. When I was in the army, late '90s, and then they would go to house music. Yeah. Uh, and then they would go to go go. Yeah. Go go was next, right? This is when I was stay. I'm stationed. I'm stationed in North Carolina at the time. They would play go-go music. Yep. And I was like, what is this shit? Three in the morning in the pancake Hands house. Down. Four Straight in the morning the in the... Yep. yep. And I was like, what is the scenario? Hands the only down. scenario Hands that I down. know... Only scenario I know was... Uh, uh, Tribe Call Quest. <laughs> and and leaders. the scenario? Yeah. Scenario. The leaders of the new school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Overnight scenario. Full scenario. Go-Go was the one that actually still. And the thing is, it's amazing to this day. You Just like House, and yeah. even certain sport, uh, portions of techno, Go-Go is also another actual platform where you can fuse all kind of music together. Yeah. Hands down to this day. Mm-hmm. Starting with Chuck Brown. God rest right. his soul. Right. Hands down, my boys, Rare Essence. You want to go way back? Always yeah, Rare Essence. Like the current ones who actually like junkyard bands, like fusion of different actual go-go bands now. Yeah, but it gets to a point where I think that genre helped to pick up and also build a presence for the DC scene mm-hmm. because it gets to a point where one DC is not really like it was never a place where it's kind of like oh we were known for this, we're known for that. Right. That actually was one of the main core like musical actual genres that we were actually it have always been known for right you know and that's mm-hmm. hard to actually be able to blend i mean to pull out of any actual like demographic mm-hmm. to say i'm known for or like this city is actually known for its r&b that's this when i learned known for these are the originators of this actual genre that's what i had to learn that was amazing it was a cat that we hung with from virginia yeah and that's when I, oh they play go, they play gogos yeah. because they would always play who, whatever music they were playing, yeah. that group would go out there. We had a guy from Philly. Yep. They would play uh, Mob Deep and, uh, you know, uh, Jay Z, the New York Cats. They That's when they go out there. Yo, son, they playing that, you know. We were, we were, they that, playing that. Heavy that influence down here. From all the killers and the Hunter Dollar. And then they would play that mix. Yep. They would play that mix that the went from. That yeah, that went from. Uh, ultimate. It went from Mob Deep. To all my niggas get down like what? It went from <laughs> that to have you heard that mix? <laughs> yes. That mix, there's that mix. There's the mix with Fat Man Scoop. Yep. Um, and there's another one they would play too, and they would just it was yeah. like fifteen. Funk Master Flex. It was another one. Actually used to really pull it off. I mean, they would they 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 built and stretched that actual like that armada that enterprise. Yeah. yeah. For the longest time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. honestly, I can truly say to this day, since they actually have kind of like set back a little bit and don't really push it as much, nobody picked up the torch like they have. Not to that degree. Who is this? The Funk Master Flex, the DJs who actually used to do the, like the real mixtape fun parties that you used to hear. What do you a lot think? Of people, a lot of DJs used to emulate that same flow. They're doing it now, but it's a different, but also the times have changed. Now, Tom we talk about this sometimes too. Here's, here's what. Here, here we go. Here's what I think. Here we happened. go. Okay. <laughs> So the mixtape used to be, um, yeah, like you go get a CD at a record store, mm-hmm. and that was the the mixtape was 
just shit that that rapper would just put at that particular store. They didn't have a mixtape at the mall. No. You can't go to FYE and get the no. mixtape, right? No. You that's where the albums were. But right? those were also the original side hustle. No, I know. That that's what was I mean. The bootlegs that were bootlegs of bootlegs. Here's here's what also happened though. So people started to get smart and they said I don't know the specifics of 360 deals. I don't know how people, I mean, everybody's album deal or record deal is different. Yeah. But what they started to realize was that with streaming and all of that, they lost a lot of music in the music industry. And they also lost a lot of power because with these these rappers, they didn't have, like, they would put out an album Mm -hmm. and they say, all right, that's good. You owe us eight more yeah. or whatever. With whatever money they gave out up front, they pay for everything else yeah. with that money. Yeah. So they gave them a hundred thousand, but they also charged them for promotion, promotion fees, paper, paper, travel, travel all that travel, shit. Everything came. In they didn't they make. Broke them they broke the them. They didn't make any money until they traveled on the until they went on the road and did their show. That's and the and only and time. It's by coincidence that. At this point in time, most artists make most of their money yeah. based off traveling. Based off the road. Yeah. It's not based off the actual album releases. No. Nope. Most people actually do not sell full albums. They don't sell. Buddies, the to, game. To be honest, the thing is, the only things that actually are pulling serious money, mm-hmm. and it's by coincidence, and I even was actually kind of frustrated with it. Mm-hmm. I have never been actually like a, a, a actual, like a, fan of EPs, but over the past two years, mm-hmm. I've actually understood the reasoning of EPs. Right. And the thing is, it gets to a point where a lot of people are just not waiting around to actually wait to listen to an, a full album. No. A lot of people... They want the song. They want the song. Whatever the song want, right now. be two, three, or four songs together. Yeah. They And also put it the out. artists, it's more advantageous for them to actually get it out. To get it out. Get it out there while it's hot. While it's hot. Or while and, they're hot. And also to be able to monetize. To stay on people's it. mind. Yeah, yeah. Yes. To stay on people's mind. But also, but also you can... That, but that is kind of tough because that's a lot of pressure considering the fact that the fun vibes that you, we were talking about prior were like the Funk Master Flex days, the mixtape days, this, that, and the other. Mm. A lot... It, People have become more critical about their music, where the fun vibes that I was talking about earlier on mm-hmm. is almost like of the past now, because it, we are very critical about how we want our music, how we listen to our music, how we choose our music. It's and but that's everything. That we actually, it's yeah, it it's everything. It, it, it's it, it, not well, just it, it look what we're doing. Everything. Look You're what right. we're doing right now. We are doing it's the same not thing. yeah. It's not just <laughs> it's not just music. It's yeah. content. Period. Yep. Content and if your content whole. is music. Just like my content is comedy yeah. or my content is funny or, or whatever, it's, oh, you got to put something out. Yeah. I'm not just going to come see you. Oh, yeah. No, you got to give me some free shit. Oh, and that, and that actually it falls in line Which with, I'm the, cool with, with the creative stuff. I don't mind it that. Fa- <laughs> it falls in line this with is the free. creative stuff, too, though. Yeah, of course. Just being media cats. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially doing photography, yeah, yeah. video, right. voiceover, and stuff like that. Uh-huh. That same. Yeah, you see, how I got process. deeper at that. I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, he's trying to actually represent, represent the pipes. The voiceover, of course. <laughs> For the fact, the tip of so the tongue. True. It's the truth. Red leather, yellow leather. 
I'm ready. It's surreal. Disney, it's I'm ready. Surreal. Hands down. Great. Ready Pixar, I'm ready. Show. Hands down. I'm ready. Go. But it Sorry. does fall in line with everything that we're involved in. Right. And it's wild because even when I was pushing like the photography, yeah. doing the promotion aspects for our parties, for the parties of my friends and stuff, yeah. it got to a point where the biggest thing was going on, and especially doing social media where it's so crucial now. Yeah. I was actually doing like promotion work every single day, but it was almost to the point where it was so much content that was pushed out per day. Mm-hmm. Most people don't even keep up with that now. They're actually like lagging based on how much work we put into it. Yeah. Some folks actually are now are pushing the envelope and they're pushing the same amount that I used to do per day. Mm-hmm. They're doing that same grind really? today to stay afloat. Yeah. But most people are actually putting out snippets and quick little like little like you know IG type things and this yeah. that and the other. But it gets to a point where one, I think consistency is good. Yeah. But it gets to a point where people can decipher and they have a point to be able to actually make a decision mm-hmm. on what kind of content they look at because value yeah. is also necessary. And I think value in the amount of content that's going out nowadays mm-hmm. has most definitely fallen by the wayside. Yeah. We used to put passion into a lot of stuff that we did. I mm-hmm. used to actually build up a promo a week out before the next Sunday event. Like mm-hmm. say when we actually do big up props to everybody, love them where you put it out there. Sunglass Sunday. Right. That was a big event. We actually did it at Public Bar, putting a plug out there. Now this is your. This was down, the. This is what deal. we were building up to. We uh, we, <laughs> like this is so your business or no, your I, me and my team. We actually this, we, we supported it as a whole. It was a, it right. was a conglomerate. It was a group of folks, actually, who actually helped support Sunglass Sundays. But the thing is, going back to being social, going back to being social, yeah. going back to having that love for music. Yeah, it helped you to start these. Was this with a few people that was actually to with start a this decent amount of group of guys and right. girls that we actually we to, came together and made it happen but to at do same time, like a club type oh, yeah. of of hangout yeah um, the thing is i came on board almost like two years after it already started okay my buddy actually leonardo lee he actually was the originator he was the right. one who actually came up with the concept the whole nine yards mm-hmm. him him and Shimmel, the concept Shimmel was supporting and built it up to where it was. But the concept point where I think that the concept what hold on the concept which was sunglass Sundays every Sunday. What, okay, we'd have a party from sun up to sundown. Where okay, shades, have a good time, bring people together, love under the sun. It sounded like the whitest shit. It was the chi- it was sounded, a real, it was sounds real terrifying. Chill. Good times. As a as an antisocial person, shit. that sounds terrifying. A bunch of white people no, drinking with no, sunglasses no. on. It was a, Being it was like, variety, so what do you do? It was a variety of what do you do? different ethnicities. What kind man. of car do you drive? I'm and sure, but I mean, like. It was just amazing, though. It was, that's the excuse that I would tell myself. Was, like, it ain't be no bunch of white people there. The thing is, it wasn't just something. That's like what I would Sundays. tell myself. It was actually like. Of course. Most of the club, uh, most of the events that were going on and mm-hmm. that we were a part of. Yeah. We still bought that same vibe, mm-hmm. but it just got to a point where we had more passion involved in it. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff now, it's like it's. It, they're still doing it. But it gets to a point where I think sometimes it misses the mark of where we actually used to bring it, how we, how much passion we put into it. But honestly, hmm. not to knock the folks that are doing it now and are actually holding the torch and holding the clubs and the parties down. Too late. Like that. Too late. They're already tweeting. No, they already tweeting. I know. They already tweeting. But the fact is, it gets to a point when they can hate on. He talked time. about hey, our music. Hey, hands down. The thing is, one thing they can truly they say don't care. is that the law. Mm-hmm put down passion up and everything he did right. from sun up to sundown. I saw the pictures. And I, I saw some of the pictures. I I was honored and also influenced and inspired 
Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of the actual cats Dog that was I like, Look! with, and I swear to this day, it was just uh, it was a blessing to be a part of. But yeah. I think that whole thing that you're talking about, how we grew up and being grinders and how we actually put so much passion and work into stuff, mm-hmm. that's what kept us going for this party scene. Right. And all the creative work we did. Right. So. How did you come aboard with Sunglass Sundays? How did you get, did they, did oh, wow. your friend Leo just go, Yo, man, I got this idea. It's gonna be a lot of naked women. I'm, I'm sick of doing it. Like, <laughs> oh, no. hop on, hop on in. No, I was. You're uh, social. What's the? Come on in. <laughs> what was? I the, was actually. Um, what? How did it, man? It's been a while. It's been years. Um, yeah. What had happened was. What had happened was. <laughs> I was actually doing. Um, I was already doing photography support for okay. uh, some of the nightlife clubs in the city. Right. Um, and I, Leo, I always actually was kind of interested in uh, how the Sunday vibe was going mm-hmm. um, because I never actually partied on Sundays. I never right. went out to the city on Sundays and actually like was seeing how the vibe really was at. He seems like, wild on this? Sundays somehow. And it was by coincidence. It's real crazy by coincidence because when I got into this business, um, the first project that I actually shot Mm-hmm. Uh, did photography and videography for was a non- for a nonprofit effort. Right, and it was at, the, at an older club in Adams Morgan called District. And District, I don't think I remember that old District had closed down, but it, it was still open. But they only half of it was open. Right, and um, District actually was on the rooftop, and that's where Sunglass Sunday was uh, being held. For. Mm-hmm. And it was just by coincidence. I didn't. I was by. I did not know that they were actually holding the party at that same place. Mm-hmm. Because I never went out on Sundays. I was always do, probably editing you had to work. parties, actually, yeah. at that time frame. On you Sundays. had to work. I was tired. I was sleeping in because I was yeah. partying before. Yeah. But so one day, I actually hit him up on Facebook and um, touched base. I was like, hey, I wanted to come in, just up there and see what I could do. I want to see if there's ways I can actually kind of like just get some practice work and see if I can do some photography or right. some video work. Just to kind of see if I can kind of capture the vibe. Because it was I was doing a lot of like hard club scenes i was doing a lot of hip-hop a lot of like late night crunk type mess i was the overnight scenario scenario yeah and it's hmm. don't get me wrong i love it, it was cool i had to yeah, vibe yeah. everybody gave me probably I, I most definitely showed and proved and did all the grip and grin party cards, of course like photos and did all the part we had a good time of course but it just got to a point where it was like okay it, it lacked it lacked my interest because it didn't. Ha- it, I think it was off a show, mm-hmm. and it didn't have any like real passion involved in it. It was mainly a bunch of guys coming out, getting to the city. A lot of girls getting wild. Yeah, yeah. we out here pop bottles. We out here to get crazy. We out here to get some ass and Dip. get wild. And at the same time, after and get some drugs, get wild. And get oh loose. my god! And at the same time, after <laughs> it's done, whatever. Yeah, just let it know when the next one comes up next Saturday. Right. And it's the same to the same to the same. Did, uh, the flip side, what interests me was the fact that Sunglass Sundays was during the day. Right. And I've never been to a day party. I've been to a lot of like parties for like, like almost like hotel parties on the rooftop that were mm-hmm. usually during the day, but day club parties a lot different. Yeah. And it was a whole different scene, a whole different so vibe. And actually people's mentality is a lot different during the it day. Makes, it makes sense for the party to be during the day. Um, the uh the scene or dc everybody works so 
the earlier the better. I think sometimes we do early yeah. comedy shows mm-hmm. and people will show up because yeah. they're like, oh, if I can get the party in early, I can go home and go to bed. That's true. People That's are true. still searching for that that extra yeah. little bit of party mm-hmm. before they have to go back to work. And I think that's where we help to fill the void. You're right. We really help to fill the <clears> void. And what really made it wonderful is the fact that when they migrated over to Public Bar, which right. is now down at, in DuPont Circle, right mm-hmm. on the edge of it, it got to a point where we're like, okay, great space right on the rooftop on a top of a public sports bar. Right. You have all walks of life in that air, in that corridor, mm-hmm. and from the hotels to the local natives to people driving into the city just to get that that actual that fix mm-hmm. before they start their work week. Right. We started at two o'clock in the afternoon yeah. until two o'clock the following morning. Right. So everyone from folks wanting to get their actual end of weekend fix mm-hmm. to the people who actually just wanted to come out and vibe out and get crazy. To the folks who actually came out to actually just wanting to watch a game, football mm-hmm. game, basketball, soccer, whole nine yards, all the way to the folks who actually were getting off work in the cities for like industry night, we right. call that industry time frame. All the folks, your bartenders, your waitresses, they, they are actually mm-hmm. weekend starts when ours ends. Right. They were able to get a nice fix at the end of the night. That's why right. we went for such a long time frame like a, every other Sunday. I like how you call it a fix. It's a party fix. <laughs> so, to, I guess, to bring it around, you were uh, to to really. Uh, I didn't mean to actually. I meant to answer your question. Your <laughs> like, well, I mean, Leo got me in, and I kind of did the videos. But the thing right. is, it got to a point where he really liked how I captured it. Yeah, and it was a beautiful experience to be able to kind of see. It was from a. It was a smaller event during that time. Right. Um. That one time when I came out, mm-hmm. but it got to a point where we started to build it. Him and I, and the, and our teams, Jim, old Steve, all of us actually started collaborating. We started building like an image of it, a feel, mm-hmm. and at the same time, based off the depiction of what people could see. Right. Social media started ramping up. We were able to actually produce a lot of photos, a lot of video snippets and stuff like that to entice mm-hmm. people to kind of get a feel of how this actually is. Right. And that was the part that actually just got me hooked. Right. Hmm. Showing a different perspective of what I loved originally anyway yeah. from the party scene, but to be able to actually add my creative take on it and capture it, mm-hmm. that was awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah. But you got that. That was a good... Um, uh, beginning for you, kind of, because you bring that to work, actually. Yeah. <clears throat> Whereas yeah. some of us struggle with that whole, like, what is too, it's too many people? Is this too many people around me? Yeah. But you thrive in that. Yeah, because I think that, I've been around it all my life. Yeah, yeah. So it gets to a point where I don't have to have it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's very easy for me to manage. Yeah. And I can manage a lot of different situations throughout mm-hmm. the day, throughout the time of a day. And it gets to a point where I think I like the challenge, but I don't really look at it as a challenge. I look at it actually as a consortium of different experiences. Right. That keeps me enticed into what goes on. Mm-hmm. And it keeps actually, it keeps things spicy, keeps things fun. Yeah. You know, and yeah. also you learn so much from uh, all these you different do. people that you actually meet and you, you can. really have like deep dive conversations with. It's like you really start to learn a lot mm-hmm. about the world around you, not just from the common, you know, passbys of actually people just saying, hey, how you doing? Handshakes yeah. or the meetings where it's actually the discussion is actually at the surface. Yeah. But you really have a lot of one on one 
type discussions that really help you to understand people mm-hmm. a lot deeper than what they actually would probably be usually give you mm-hmm. if they didn't really feel comfortable with you. I think I actually benefit in a sense because I have a certain personality that kind of relaxes people, I guess you could say. Right. I'm still trying to understand it and see what people think, but I'm blessed to be able to have it. And I just try to keep bringing it. Yeah. So that's My, a, that's a, well-rounded example, I yeah. guess you could say, from what I what I bring to the table. Yeah. I think that that actually helps, especially with what we do, with to. working with a bunch of weirdos anyway. Um, I'm, <laughs> weirdos? I'm not weirdos, but you know what I mean, like working with a bunch of, of creatives, yeah. working with a bunch of people that are like, um, they're, they're all no, in their own yeah, heads. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, I think you're the one... Out of all of us, I mean, there's a few other people too that are that aren't as uh, internal. Yeah, and I think that I get I get uh, not in trouble, but I get uh, I get a different vibe from people because I'm so internal. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, people aren't comfortable around that unless they're internal. And then we're both kind of like in the same room. Yeah, or we just don't. They're we're indifferent to each other. Yeah, we're in the same room and apart from each other. You know. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of people want that connection, mm-hmm. and they've been in situations where they're like, "Hi," and the other person's like, eh, eh, "What's up?" Hi. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I try to bridge yeah. that gap because I've seen people who are very nonchalant, mm-hmm. who, are, who are not very comfortable being in scenes and mm-hmm. also have a, like some serious like mental issues dealing with like large public spaces, this, mm-hmm. that, and the other. And for some reason, yeah. a lot of them come up to me and it's like, you know what, I really would not come out to a place like this and come party or this, that, and the other. But yeah, I came out here because I trust you. Right. And you've always bought a certain vibe that's just been amazing to it. So right. I, I was really extremely like, flattered that they would actually like use me as the catalyst to like you know kind of break the barriers of what they usually would not immerse themselves upon and mm-hmm. that was that's that's amazing especially back in the time when we were actually partying because these people they like, can remember these people did not know one another right until we started having these events yeah. we built and like almost like hashed out relationships mm-hmm. friendships People who became married afterwards, and once they met one another, I, mean, I always, yeah, I always thought that was that. weird just, when I would say when I would meet people and they would go, "Well, we met it, we were at a club and like yeah. y'all were both." That's like saying, um, "Oh, we were both in the jungle, and um, he <laughs> he was trying to eat me, yeah. and um, I was trying to get eaten, yeah, and uh, it, it it worked out, yeah, usually." You know, like after he ate me, he said, "Can we? Can I eat you again?" Usually, it's he wanted to eat me, I wanted to get eaten, and that was the end of it. Yeah, which we smashed that weird animal. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and that doesn't happen in a. I don't know that that's completely different energy from, hey, my friend, I know a, a I know a nice guy. Yeah. And every girl that's introduced me to their female, like their girlfriend, mm. it's been way better for me. Yeah. I mean, like, by my numbers. Mm. Like, every girl I've met at a club, yeah. I've either, 
they've liked me for a little bit. And then after a while, that animal, they said, I want to go get eaten by that other, yeah. the other, yeah. Yeah, not really feeling you. Yeah, that goes away. <laughs> it's like, you are the, will you eat me? Yep. And I go, I would, uh, do you, are you sure you want to get eaten? And they go, not anymore. I was. Not by you? Not by you, not now. He wants to eat me too. Give me some different flesh. Yeah, yeah. No. Go get me a drink. And then I turn around and then they leave. But that's when I, of course, that's when I was younger. I don't you know how I would fare also, now. Well, yeah. I wonder how I would fare now. Oh, yeah. But also, I know that I'm older now and I know I won't put up with a lot of nonsense now. It's yeah. but, it's, but I also know I won't go if it's too loud. So that's the other thing too. Oh, well, yeah. Like if it's too loud, I've been in. Uh, restaurants or I've been at like waiting on my food to carry it out and been like why is the music so loud in here oh well we are pe- people are trying to have a conversation true I'm just waiting on my damn wings but if you actually ha- oh, turn you the shit down the music or the people the music dang That's turn the music good. down because you usually actually have it ha- need to have it a certain decibel when it's actually in a restaurant why but in in a restaurant too certain but nowadays yeah it's changed Right. They don't think about the actual clientele. They don't give a shit. They don't Who care. are they planning for they, then? They, they want to make money. They want to sell drinks. And you are at their mercy. Right. It, the whole business. So they changed. just turn it up. The do, model's do, 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 do. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, I play as loud as I can in my car. But sure. when I'm out and I'm trying to have a conversation. You want things sensible. I want it. Yeah. <laughs> that's where the lounge. See, I think and I would do well in that lounge. lounge. It's right, actually where they're playing Sade and shit. And honestly, hands down, that's I where you all the love I actually I have to pay it. homage because mm-hmm. honestly, and I love this woman to, to this day because if it wasn't for her, I really wouldn't have immersed myself into this into this realm, into the whole music, nightlife scene, this right. and the other, and help support it. DJing. Uh, my great friend and mentor, DJ Heather Femia. She, she goes by her whole na- real name. Femia, yeah, she actually was. Um, you know, she bad actually, DJ. You know, she worked at Nordstrom's. You got to be a bad DJ day. to go by your whole and name. Honestly, Heather has been one of the awesome, one of the most awesome DJs actually in the DC area. Was her agent like, "Do you want to change your name to Heather Heads?" She's like, <laughs> no, "Nope." No, no. But she Heather Finian. She actually got me into seeing how the lounge scene was first, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what actually really started me actually into like doing media work and right. you know learning about the music, learning about uh, how, how how DJs spin, how mm-hmm. they control the crowds, how actually music should be played comfortably. Uh, but also, she actually helped me roll in, into the actual club scene too. Mm-hmm. She helped introduce me into that actual spectrum. So it was it was amazing to see. But it got to a point where honestly. Those folks in my life really helped to cultivate where I was trying to go when I was kind of like all over the place, not like mentally, but like mm-hmm. creatively. Right. Because I mean, once you get out of college and this, that, and the other, and you, especially as an artist, you don't really know which, where you want to get, you know, which actual occupation, what genre you, you want to get into. It was just, it was the world was for the taking, but you didn't actually know which button to push. Right. You didn't know which direction to go. Well, you dabbled. You still yeah. So I was dabble dabbling in everything. Yeah. But it got to a point where I didn't want to be this the jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of like hone a couple of them as my own and actually really craft it. Like what? Uh, whether it be photography, whether it be, whether it be storytelling, right? Whether it be writing, uh, mm-hmm. uh, videography, mm-hmm. uh, 
a lot of this voiceover even now that I'm actually embarking upon. It's, yes, it's, voiceover uh, is yes, what uh, exactly. that's the uh, yep. That's an interesting choice. Indeed. <laughs> so I kind of the tip of the tongue. I had to make sure red leather, I, uh, yellow leather. You know, stay the course <laughs> and and also entertain various scenes to kind of make that decision. But you got to go through those. You got to go through the actual different realms to see what interests you the most. All right. But overall, now. now I'm living a, just on a whole different page of life where I'm just working out, yeah, DJing, doing a little bit, but at the same time, actually, I'm a part of actually a wonderful conglomerate. Just keeping awesome it cool. team, actually. Uh, we actually are a DC-based team. Uh, uh, DJ's uh, <coughs> Derek and Felipe, actually, of Shades of Play. Mm-hmm. We actually have a, a part of Sensory Enterprises. Actually, they've been killing it. We've been really doing a lot of stuff trying to build that up. Right. Still paying homage to the music scene. Mm-hmm. Paying homage to actually just the club scene, but at the same time also really making sure that good music is actually being produced to be able to support that initiative. Right. Um, me actually being able to provide the visuals to be able to carry that story. Mm-hmm. That's something I've actually had a passion of. But that voiceover, still doing the creative, various creative spectrums like this, right. creative mediums, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, but mainly kind of actually like traveling more. Yeah. Living life and seeing the world a little differently as opposed to all the different paths that I've already actually stumbled upon. Now right. trying to actually triangulate things and looking at new paths to get into. So yeah. Yeah. But ultimately trying to bring the quality back. Yes. Yeah. Lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, that's it's where you truth, came from. Man. Yeah. I'm trying to bring that's that what quality you, back. Man. I hear you. Trying to bring that value back. Yeah. Trying to bring that value added. Yeah. It'll Pleasure stand out. Back It'll, into the mix, quality, you know? quality always stands out. It is. It does. Like with your show, I mean, what you're building now is like one people know quality, especially when we I went think on those so. different excursions. Like yeah. I, I can tell the difference when people see quality and when they pay attention. Right. When they can really notice good quality, mm-hmm. as opposed to something that actually is just in a test phase, yeah. or something that actually is more of a fad, or actually. A short has a short shelf life. They can right. tell what's actually has having staying power. Yeah, you've got that kind of staying power. I hope so. So yeah, man, <laughs> that's what it's about, man. That's what we're doing. Appreciate you. Where can they Where can they find you? Can't be found just yet. Not yet. Okay. Not yet, actually. But uh, through me then. Through, sh- through through you first, and then I actually Tim- have to give you some actual like links or something like yeah, yeah. to play so you can actually I can listen. T- to the music. I can take some links. I can yep. put. I'll put the links in the description of the. Uh, Podbean and of the YouTube yeah. uh, video. Because that way I can give you a, a set list of yeah. actual like different things you can kind of like check out. Oh, we got to you know, sure work it nice out anyway. List of stuff. Yeah, we got to work it out anyway. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad you came. Thank you for talking to me for <laughs> however long. <laughs> we've had All this conversation morning. forever. Yes. I'm I mean, shocked. we've Maybe had. This is awesome. Man. Yeah. I'm glad we got finally got a chance to sit. In. I mean, this won't be the last time. It's no, just no, the no. first time. This is the first time. Seriously. Um, we can actually do like shoot, round, round two. Discussions, yeah. Like, with a bunch of people and see what's what. No, nah, we don't Especially want too many. DCC. Not too many. No. Nah, you nah. might get too many opinions all Part of your place. team. Heather. Yep. Heather Femian, we can get her on. If you actually want to learn about this scene. Learn about the scene, and, uh, yeah. This is, this is it. I'm sure they would want to know. I actually got a group up with them and actually really touch base with them anyway. Because yeah. uh, tis the season to start reconnecting with my peeps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been out for a while. Time to get back. It's time to actually get back and give back. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for watching. 
and listening um, to this episode of Read the Room. Bye. Later. <laughs>